What's up? Welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for this episode, Cody. Uh, my my partner in crime, Nick, has uh, he has landed in Denver, Colorado. He will be representing the Fan TC Football Podcast live uh, from Mile High on Thursday. So. Uh, he sent me his notes. We're going to kind of go uh, back and forth here. So uh, stick with me, and we will kind of wrap this up probably a little quicker than normal. And, uh, yeah, so I can go ahead and hop in. Before we get started, actually want to go ahead and remind you, uh, like, comment, subscribe, any kind of questions you guys have, put them in the comments on Facebook. Uh, you can actually write reviews now on Apple Podcast and I believe Spotify. So if you do not mind actually writing a review, if you have already left a five star, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, but other than that, any kind of way you can help share us, get us out there more, we definitely appreciate that. Um, but the same way that we start off every episode, it's time for some news and notes, mostly injury related. So basically just an injury report here. Um, but there is one thing non-injury related. Cole Beasley is retiring from the NFL. Um, and I don't think Nick has it on here, but I believe... Um, oh, I just forgot his name. Who was... Blake Bortles, I believe, also officially retired from the NFL today. So if you were still housing either of those guys on fantasy ro- or dynasty rosters, you are clear to cut them. Um, but more practice news here. David Montgomery not practicing. Um, it was kind of indicated on a lot of fantasy apps. Looked like he was projected his normal amount of points. So you'll want to keep an eye on that. Uh, if he doesn't practice much this week, I would expect a little bit of a split there. So just keep a uh, keep an eye out on Montgomery. And then if he's out, Herbert's a smash play again. Same division, but on the Detroit Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, and DeAndre Swift all not practicing. Uh, If this happens to be another game where most of the main guys are out, I'd imagine Swift's going to be out. They've talked about wanting to bring him back after their week six bye. Uh, But if Amon Ross and DJ Chark are back out, I think TJ Hawkinson is definitely in a... uh, uh, boom category again at tight end so um, keep an eye out on a couple of those guys uh, Amon Ra if he if he comes back I think you're playing him uh, Chark if he comes back without Amon Ra he's playable and then I'd say the same thing about Josh Reynolds as well uh, next up Keenan Allen still not practicing uh, this one's a little bit odd for me I, I kind of just assumed that he was going to uh get back you know whenever we kind of got the original injury news his kind of seemed less or seemed less worse than uh chris godwin who's who's already back last week so definitely something to keep an eye out on uh if he happens to miss gerald everett you know he gets bumped up into that starting tier and then um josh palmer he got hurt i don't know if he plays if he plays and he's a you know flex level option Kyle Pitts, tight end uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, also not practicing, something to monitor. Um, He's been relatively unproductive, so if he has an injury holding him back, that's definitely something that concerned me. Um, May want to take a look if there's any, you know, startable tight ends out there on your waiver wire. 
Michael Thomas, New York or New Orleans Saints wide receiver, not practicing again. Um, this is what Nick and I advised when when people or when and during the draft season, if you drafted Michael Thomas, this is basically something that you were, uh, you know, drafting onto your roster. We told you to sell high while you could, but at this point, I think you're just holding on to him, hoping that he kind of comes back and and splits some of that uh, that target share with Olave. Uh, if you can get anything of value for Michael Thomas in a trade, I, I think I would make that move for sure. Chris Godwin, uh, wide receiver, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, limited in practice for a knee injury. Um, is I mean, he kind of proved it last week. If he is, if he's on the field, he is Brady's like favorite possession target, especially now that Gronk and AB are gone. He is going to be a PPR nightmare, uh, full and half point. Um, if, if you weathered the storm with him, I think you're going to be rewarded. If he plays, I'm, I'm definitely playing him. Uh, Alvin Kamara practices on Wednesday. That is good news. Obviously, the late scratch Sunday morning. Uh, heard a lot of fantasy players. I mean, if you were out on the West Coast, you probably had Kamara in your starting lineups getting you zero. So that is uh, that is very rough. But he is looks like he's practicing this week. Obviously, if he uh, plays this weekend, you are starting him. Brian Robinson practices Wednesday. Definitely something to monitor here. Um, what this really does for me is it makes all three running backs feel, you know, almost unplayable. The one I'd say I'd have the most confidence in, at least this week, if, if Robinson suits up, would be McKissick. Unless you get a, a report that Gibson was like a healthy scratch and they're just completely moving on. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to kind of follow that if you have a piece of that running back pie. Uh, definitely something to monitor. Russell Wilson and Melvin Gordon, Gordon off the injury report. We're going to get into both of these guys during our Thursday night preview here soon. And then Gabe Davis, full practice Wednesday. Um, obviously, a lot of people are down on him after a rough couple of weeks, but he has been injured and maybe slightly limited due to injury uh, in some rough playing conditions as well in Baltimore. So, uh, if you drafted Gabe Davis and you spent for him in the draft, I would continue to hold on to him. I think it's going to pay out in the long run. Um, but if he, if there's someone out there that believes that more than you do and is willing to give up a good asset for him, definitely be open to that move. I don't think he's a must-hold kind of player. Ooh, well, that wraps up our injury news here. Ow. That just gets me, man. All right, so we uh, obviously, if we miss anything there, we'll probably t- I will touch on it in the uh, full week five breakdown. So uh, make sure to stay tuned for that. But I think we are ready here to get into our Thursday night preview. <laughs> I had to up the transition game today because uh, usually Nick will talk for a little while and that gives me time to, you know, get a drink of water, clear my throat, stuff like that. So when I'm just over here doing it solo, got to have these transitions. Give me a couple seconds there. But uh, Thursday night football, Indianapolis at Denver. Denver favored by three, over under at 43, according to Nick when he made the show doc. I was looking at the spread Right before I hit record, and it was Denver minus three and a half over under forty two and a half. If you can get the if you can get Nick's numbers, definitely take that. I think it's a little bit better value, but I'll kind of get into one of my favorite bets of this week. 
Uh, before I get into some of my favorite bets, I am going to get into Knicks. Uh, we are on the same page. He does like Denver minus three, and he does like the under 43 at three and a half and 42 and a half. I agree with both of those. He had his confidence level at a six out of 10, and I have the same thing written down. I may even go up to a seven, but um, you know, I think Indianapolis is going to be hurting in this game a little bit. I think Denver, this, this may turn into a little bit of a uh, bloodbath by Denver if they can kind of get that offense moving, moving good. Um, but let's get into some best bets. Obviously, Nick and I usually bring out three or four bets that we uh, we like. I'll start off with Nick's. So uh, Nick has three of them and a bonus bet. His first would be Naheem Hines, 50-plus rushing yards and 50-plus receiving yards, plus 1,100. The note from Nick is he loves this line. Hines is already a candidate to go over on the receiving line, and he should clear 50 rushing yards as the main runner here and against a weak Broncos run defense. And there is also a bonus bet for Hines over 100 rushing yards at plus 1,700. I don't think I like the over 100 rushing yards as much. I feel like Indianapolis is going to be behind in this game, and he's going to be used more as a pass catcher. But the 50 and 50 for 1,100, I like that bet a lot. Nick, his second bet here, Indianapolis under one and a half team touchdowns plus 140. It is a tough matchup and they're missing their star running back. They've shown issues, uh, you know, moving the ball up and down the field, even with Jonathan Taylor the past couple weeks. I don't mind this bet, um, but with that Denver, you know, iffy rush defense, you know, they still may be able to get the ball down the field a couple times. I'm probably not going to take that one, but that's Nick's number two. And then number three, Broncos to win by one to six plus 320. Uh, so it obviously fits into the minus three line as well. Um, I expect, or Nick's note, I expect this to be a relatively close, low scoring affair with no Jonathan Taylor. I'll take the Broncos at home with a slightly better defense. I completely agree to that. Um, I think that's actually a really, really solid bet. I would put that one number one, the Heinz 50 for 50, number two, and then the Indy under one and a half team touchdowns, number three. Uh, Broncos to win by one to six was plus 320 when Nick made this show doc. Um, but I have a little three leg same game parlay that I think will uh, I think will hit. I'm, I'm pretty confident in it for tomorrow night. And so again, when I was looking at this, these were the uh, same game parlay lines, which may be why mine are a little different because you don't want to have anything that could potentially um, uh, hit the hit exactly on the number, and then you lose the parlay just on a push. So Broncos minus three and a half. Um, if it was moved up to four, four and a half, I would probably just avoid this whole parlay together. But I like Denver minus three and a half at home. Uh, I know their home field has not been an advantage. They've been booed. But Thursday night football, primetime Russ, I think they're going to gonna get them cooking a little bit. I know it hasn't been a great start to the season, but things typically take time to meld. I mean, there's not a lot of times where a team or quarterback just goes to a new team and from week one on, they just dominate. Brady had some hiccups in Tampa Bay. It just it happens all the time. I am a little bit concerned. I'm not saying there's no cause for concern, but you know I think it's a lot of it may be a little over over uh, emphasized. And then I'm also going to agree with Nick. I like the under. I got it at 42 and a half. 
Um, Indy is 4-0 on unders this season, and uh, Denver is 3-1 on unders this season. So these teams like to go low in regarding in regards to points, and uh, I like Denver's pass defense against a uh, against a Colts offense without Jonathan Taylor. I don't think Naeem Hines is just going to come in behind their iffy offensive line and just you know dominate the game the same way JT could. So I, I like that, and then I'm also going to parlay that with a Cortland Sutton anytime touchdown. Uh, he finally got in the end zone last week. He is Russ's clear number one target. And I think that he will get in the end zone this weekend. Uh, $5 parlay will win you 40 there. So just a nice little uh, FanDuel always has those little same game parlays for these primetime games. Uh, no sweat bet. So if you got one of those, I think that's a good parlay. Get, you, get, you, get your bankroll up a little bit on Thursday night before the weekend. Alrighty. Now let's get on to the fantasy side of things here. All right, there we go. Sorry, I needed another water break. Uh, For the fantasy side here, we got Indianapolis. We're going to start with the away team. Matt Ryan, I'm trying to avoid um, even in two quarterback leagues this week. I mean, he's a low-end QB2, but it's just going to be a rough matchup against a good uh, pass defense. Pat Sertain uh, may end up coming coming down with a couple picks. So I'm going to try and avoid Matt Ryan if I can. Uh, Naeem Hines, I think that he is Nick's note is I'm starting him with confidence. I understand that against a rough, uh, a, a bad rush defensive team in the Broncos, but I'm going to temper expectations a little bit. I kind of just have him as a low-end RB2 to a flex-level player. Um, I think his best fantasy output is going to be if they get down by multiple scores and they're they're dumping him down the ball. I don't know how effective he will be uh, in between the tackles, even against a bad rush defense. Because, And the reason I say that is Jonathan Taylor has not looked very good behind this offensive line, so I don't think that Naeem Hines is going to come in and just look amazing. So I just want to temper expectations a little bit. I think we could agree Nick is a little bit higher on Hines than I am. Uh, but he's definitely a startable player. If you paid up for him, you should start him. In the wide receiver room for the Colts, you got Michael Pittman Jr., could be a tough week, especially if he is uh, shadowed by Sertan, but it's another guy that the way where you drafted him at, most likely the options on your team, you're going to start him. If you're in a shallow league and you have plenty of good wide receiver options, it may be someone you look to just bench this week, but also uh, you know him and Hines are just going to be necessities, so I don't know if you want to uh, bench volume. Uh, Nick has a couple of scenarios here for me. The first one is Pittman against Olave. The Saints going up against the Seahawks. Um, I think I would I think I'm gonna still just stick with Pittman just because he is the necessity for that team. But the what Olave has shown makes that a little bit closer than you know a lot of us would have projected at the beginning of the season. Uh, Pittman or Christian Kirk. Let's see. Let me pull up the schedule here. We got oh Jaguars at Texans. Now this is what I'm talking about. If you have if you're in a shallow league and you have Christian Kirk or Michael Pittman, I may start Christian Kirk over him. Um, I'm not 100% confident in that, but I like the matchup against the Texans a lot more than getting shadowed by Pat Sertan. 
Uh, and then last one, and maybe like a flex scenario, Michael Pittman or A.J. Dillon. This one's very easy for me. In half point and full, I'm 100% going Pittman just based on volume. And then in a non-PPR, let me see who the Packers are playing. Oh, they're playing the Giants in, in London. Um, I think I'm still going to go with Pittman even in non-PPR. I think that he still has a higher chance of finding the end zone and just being more involved, getting more yardage than A.J. Dillon. And then the tight end position, uh, well, I guess I just want to note the other wide receivers uh, at this point with how bad Matt Ryan looks. If there's someone on your waiver wire worth picking up, I I, I would make that move. I don't think Alec Pierce is going to be worth the hold long term anymore. All right, tight end position. Uh, Nick and I agree we're not going to chase Mo Ali Cox's two-touchdown performance. Uh, obviously, Jelani Woods had a two-touchdown performance the week before. Um, hopefully, one of them can emerge as the guy, but right now, if it's going to be a mix of those two and I believe they have a third tight end, I cannot remember his name, but it makes it very difficult to make any of these guys startable. If one emerges and is the second pass option on this team, they will have value, especially at the tight end position. But at this time, I don't think they're worth the roster spot. All righty. I know Nick, he's definitely sad to be missing this one. We are talking about his Denver Broncos. I will make sure to get his points across here. We're going to start with the quarterback, Russell Wilson. Over-under is not encouraging, but he's a solid back-end starter. That was almost word-for-word the note that I had. And then uh, he also noted that he is hoping Denver gets more pass-heavy. I think that there's a strong case of that happening. Javante was definitely their workhorse on the ground. And um, I think, I mean, the majority of the plays at least, whenever you watch the game, it felt like he was getting a lot of rushing opportunities. So if they, you know, take 50% of those and make them pass plays, then there's a chance that Judy kind of becomes more of a fantasy asset than he was before. But we'll see. It's going to be tough to, to, to see how the Javante Williams injury is going to affect this offense. It's already been pretty bad to start, so getting one of those explosive athletes out of there is probably not going to make it too much better, but maybe it can benefit a player or two. Uh, one of the players that will be benefiting, running back Melvin Gordon III, if you picked him up and you paid up for him this week, or you had him stashed as a um, flex candidate or just stash piece in general, I think he plays solid RB2. Um, you know, he got removed off the injury report. I just He's the RB1 there right now. I think that you start him. And um, you, the next guy, Mike Boone, I'm not starting him. Nick has a desperation flex uh, category for Mike Boone. Uh, we just need to see it first. I And we have Latavius Murray that's going to be coming into the fold in week six. I think it's going to be Melvin Gordon as the main guy, and then Murray's probably going to get mixed in over Mike Boone. Just the way I – that's the way I kind of predict it's working out. Um, but Melvin, I would start. Boone, I'm just holding on to. And then if Latavius Murray's out there, maybe someone worth stashing if you're in a really deep league. All right, last but not least here, wide receivers. We're just going to say pass catchers in general because neither of us are interested in the tight ends for um, Denver at this time. The pass offense just hasn't been good enough, and Russell Wilson's having trouble supporting two pass catchers, let alone adding a third. 
Uh, but number one, Corlin Sutton, you're playing him. I have a touchdown prop bet on him for tomorrow. He's going to get one. Put him in your lineup for sure. And then Jerry Judy, uh, Nick Nick's note, I am starting him back end wide receiver two. I I agree back end wide receiver two. I may have him more as a wide receiver three in my eyes right now. Um, just based on these guys that Nick kind of has him up against, that's why I kind of say that he's in that wide receiver three, you know, back end wide receiver two to wide receiver three category. He has Judy or Lockett listed here. So we're going back to that Seahawks-Saints game. I actually like Lockett this week against um, the Saints defense. I'm sure Lattimore is going to be on Metcalf for the majority of the game. Should be able to open it up a little bit for Lockett. Um, In full PPR, I think I like Lockett, but in half and not, I'm still going to go with the higher upside in Judy. Um, But, yeah, I think I'm going to lock that in. Not in half, I'll go Judy. In full, I'd probably lean Lockett. And then Judy or Garrett Wilson, I'm gonna lean Judy in all in all platforms in this one. I I want to see Garrett Wilson look really good with Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. Um, so at this at that at this time, I'm just gonna kind I want to hold I want to hold my Jets players or start them in my flex position and just hope that they boom. I would consider them all kind of boom bust category right now until we kind of see if Zach Wilson has a favorite target. Um, or, you know, Brees Hall looked like he started taking over that backfield last week. If he does that again, he's going to be a startable running back. So um, I'd go Judy in all in all uh, formats over Garrett Wilson. All right. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of our Thursday night preview podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope the transition helped, uh, helped me not to sound so drowning out because it is a lot of talking here. But... I think that we are good to go. If there's anybody we didn't mention from either of these teams that you need an opinion on, hit us up, let us know. But I think we probably got everybody of fantasy relevance. Um, But besides that, everybody, good luck on Thursday. I hope your bets cash. Hope that uh, your fantasy players dominate. And make sure you tune in Friday for the full uh, week five preview episode. It'll be another one just by myself. So we'll make sure to uh, keep that one a little shorter than normal. So that way you can buzz through it. Peace out, everybody.